0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on
1: Bloomberg Radio.
0: All right, I am... Still a little
1: white man's over by here?
0: <laughs> Jason Kelly, stop dancing. It's a little horrifying. Um, I feel complete because I've got to have a little Beatles that always makes me happy, a little George Harrison specifically. Um, and then we get to talk about life's great question. I just feel like this is right up our alley.
1: It is. And I feel like it's a good thing to talk about on a week, on a day where the Ross (laughs) currents have been fierce, uh, to say the least. And uh, who better to talk about it than the author of Life's Great Question, Discover How You Contribute to the World. Tom Rath joins us, number one New York Times bestselling author, uh, world renowned in many ways. So happy to have him here on our program. Tom, nice to talk to you.
2: Great to talk with you as well.
1: All right. So, why write this book? Why write it now?
2: Well, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there who are just trying to figure out how they can have a little bit more meaning in their work and bring a little bit more purpose into the equation. And the problem is, we end up spending a lot of time focusing inward on our personality and our passions and the life. And then, at some point, we finally realize that no matter how much we do that, the world isn't going to start revolving around our passions and our interests and what I found is we need to do a lot more work investigating the demand side of the equation so we can figure out how our supply meets that.
0: I think that is a really incredible um, thought and, and what you just said. I mean, because I do feel like it's a, it's a, we're at this time, Tom, where everybody is so focused on themselves, whether it's because of Instagram or social media or what I need, what I want, um, that I think we've lost focus of um, the world at large.
2: Yeah, most of us want to make a real contribution to others and uh, see how our work has meaning on a day-to-day basis. But a lot of the tools and books that I've been guilty of writing myself and a lot of us have worked on um, really lead people to focus inward on self-development and their personality and their passions. And if you really get into the science of it, we might be better off starting with what the communities around us need, what the customers and clients around us need, and then working back to who we are and how we can fill those needs.
1: All right. So give us some tips and tricks. We're going to make people buy the book, so don't give it all away. Um, but, you know, give us a give us a sample.
2: Uh, sorry, Carol's
0: pointing what, at me. I am, because before we do that, what, what went into putting this work together?
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things I tried to figure out as I looked at this is if there's been a lot of good work done on Personality and who we are as individuals. How do you begin to quantify what the world needs and what the demand is out there? So I went through thousands of bureaus and labor statistics job descriptions and essentially tried to gather and code what people get paid to do and what the demand looks like and what the common themes are out there in the job market today. And that's where I honed in on 12 broad contributions that people can make through the work that they do that hopefully help not only individuals but teams to Sit around from the outset and have level setting conversations about how each person can maximize their contribution to a given effort.
1: And so when you were going through that data, Carol and I like to talk a lot about sort of wait what moments. Was there something that jumped out at you where you just thought, wow, I did not see that coming or I didn't think the data were going to show me that?
2: You know, one of the big ones is that we have to find ways to see the influence of our work on a daily basis. So a real quick example, if you're in food service, you're working in a restaurant, you're preparing food for other people, if you can see people eating and enjoying the food that you cook, you make better quality food, it's more nutritious, and you feel better about your work. And that same general theme applies in call centers, it applies for radiologists, it applies for software developers. We've essentially got to find ways to bring the face of the customer and some of the humanity back into our work. Another important piece is beginning to describe our work in ways that are much more personal and nowhere near as sterile and clinical and detached as the standard job description or resume you see out there today.
0: It's interesting too. Um, you know, you talk a lot about teams and working together. Um, I feel like that is a concept that has been around, obviously, for a long time. But I, I think we've kind of forgotten that as well.
2: Yeah, you know, and a lot of times we bring teams together, and we have the best of intentions. Uh, you know, if I were to bring a team together, it's probably a lot of people who like doing the same things I do, passionate about the same topics, and then we all hit the ground running. And it takes three, six, maybe even twelve months before we realize that we were all kind of doing the same thing and we didn't sit around and say, here's how I want to contribute. And so we're each moving quickly in our lanes in complimentary ways. And so to some extent, just having that conversation from the outset can make things move a lot faster and smoother.
1: And Tom, I gotta ask you, because in reading this book, one of the things that really struck me was, you have very practical advice for people at work and you know we're all in these situations at work i mean i have the best job in the world i have the best partner in the world so no issues here but other people i'm talking about you know might not have it as perfect as i do what's your advice to them
2: yeah you know i i think one of the things i've realized when i um am at a cocktail party or meeting new people is if you just ask people what they do it yields such general and kind of generic descriptions but When you step back and ask someone what they spend most of their time doing and to really paint a picture of a typical day, that's where you hear the stories from a dad or mom who stays at home talking about coaching a kid's soccer team and helping them with their development or someone who volunteers and is very active in their community talking about specific efforts. And so what I've learned is that the big contributions we make throughout the day, they can be very personal and take place within a family. They can take place within a a faith-based group or a community group or with more of a typical job. And even if you're working nine to five in a normal role, um, it's still really important to acknowledge the small and meaningful contributions you make outside of work, because those are some of the things that people really identify with when we take them through extended interviews and kind of put together profiles of what matters most well
0: since my partner just gave me a compliment I'm gonna to toss it back because I think no one energizes others um, around our newsroom like Jason Kelly drives them a little crazy but he's always excited bit. and we talk about even together like just the joy in what we're doing and I do think about uh, there's a line in your book when you talk about energizing specifically and you know bringing you know those those individuals who motivate um to inspire you know or inspire others. Um, you know we have such daily routines, things we have to do every day they can become pretty boring, uh, but you got to do them. but when you have somebody who just either brings joy into the workplace um, or inspires you and really gets you to kind of keep going and even achieve more, that's pretty remarkable.
2: yeah, you know one of the things that I've seen in working with a lot of leadership teams and businesses all over the world is that The one area where they're usually lacking is in that very specific domain of building strong relationships and energizing one another. And, I mean, some of it, frankly, could be due to the lack of gender diversity in a lot of leadership teams. But there's there's a serious gap there in terms of you have these teams that are usually pretty good at the big idea thinking and creativity pieces, and a lot of them are good at execution, and they've kind of come up through the organization because of that. But they they just fall flat when it comes to energizing one another and forming initial relationships, let alone strengthening those relationships over time. But everything I've looked at in terms of research on well-being and effective workplaces would suggest that that's probably the most important element to building successful teams and organizations over time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, in – at a time and, and you mentioned this in the first part of our conversation, you know, at a time when we're so focused on technology and our ability to leverage that you know, minute to minute, day to day, whether it's social media or even just all the tools that we use, it feels like we do often miss the opportunities for pretty basic human connection at work. And I guess what I take away, one of the things I take away from your book is you have to be sort of open to that to sort of understand that supply and demand equation that you talked about.
2: Yeah, you, you you really do need to be open to talking about the emotional aspects of why you do what you do because until you're able to connect your daily efforts with the influence they have on other people, You're not going to be anywhere near as motivated or energized as you could just to make a difference for the people around you. So, I mean, even in a small interaction in a retail setting, let's say, if a customer walks in who's irate about a problem that she's having and you're able to at least get her to neutral, that's a victory worth taking a moment to recognize because you've probably changed the trajectory of that person's day. And it's those little moments that accumulate and shape our work to a great degree.
0: Hey, one last question before we go. Um, so somebody who you're saying, you know, as your book is called Life's Great Question, discover how you can contribute or how you contribute to the world. If someone needs to kind of begin on this mission, what do you suggest? Obviously, take a look at your book, but what's kind of the first step that we need to make?
2: Yeah, I think it's stepping back and asking what are the big roles that you play in life? So for me it's being a husband and a dad and a researcher and a writer and saying how do you how do you take those roles that you're proud of and you want to play in life and connect that with who you are and your life experiences and to try and be as efficient as possible about saying, based on who I am, here's how I think I could make a meaningful contribution to the world, really on a daily basis and try and make that more practical instead of a big philosophical thought about right. your broader purpose or mission or whatever
1: all right really like it thank you so much tom rath congrats on the book life's great question discover how you contribute to the world check it out it's thought-provoking it definitely uh, got me thinking about even you know sort of our our day-to-day yeah how we interact you know i have some questions
0: (laughs) i bet you do anyway it's a nice way to kind of wrap up what's been another crazy day here at bloomberg